As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan. You can find me on Twitter at FPLGeneral. I'm recording on Thursday morning, there's one more game to go in game week 20, Spurs against Liverpool, then we've got another FPL deadline on Saturday morning at 11am UK time. The big story of game week 20 was Thomas Soucek scoring twice to bag himself 15 FPL points. He was benched by 422,000 managers, myself included. Very, very frustrating to see those points sitting on the bench. Jao Cancelo with 17, Ilkay Gundogan 14, Rafinha with 13 and Bukayo Saka with 13 were the other big scorers in the game week so far. Whether you had a good or bad game week really depended on how many of those guys you had, not just in your squad but more importantly in your starting 11. Manchester City continued their good form with a very impressive 5-0 win over West Brom. Owning three Man City players looks essential right now. Manchester United suffered a surprise defeat at home to Sheffield United with Bruno Fernandes blanking to disappoint captainers. He actually set a new captaincy record in that game with over 2.7 million people giving him the armband. That's a lot of angry people. Jack Grealish got his 16th attack in return of the season. Thomas Tuchel's first game in charge of Chelsea ended scoreless against Wolves and James Rodriguez scored his first goal since game week four. If you're not yet an Athletic subscriber, you can get it for just £3.99 a month by using the link theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod. You'll get ad-free versions of this podcast on there. Game week 20 shoutouts. We've got a pretty high profile new member to the 59th Minute Club. Welcome Patrick Bamford, he's been very, very frustrating recently for us owners. Lots of questions about him this week. Should we sell him? Should we not? First of all, welcome to the club. 59 minutes, one pointer. Thanks for absolutely nothing this game week, Patrick. He's joined by two others as well. Robbie Brady at Burnley, also taken off after 59 minutes. And Bernardo Silva, again, 59th minute substitution. So that's twice in three game weeks. For the Manchester City man. So 
what's he got now? 18 game weeks to go to get the hat-trick. You know, if I always said on this podcast, if anyone gets a hat-trick of 59th minute shout-outs, I'll send them a direct message and invite them on to the podcast just to talk about their experience of getting taken off early three times during the season. So welcome Bamford, Brady and Silva again. There's a couple of notable mentions. Alioski for Leeds. I know he's quite popular at the moment in certain teams. He was booked and he was also only managed 55 minutes. So that was a big fat zero pointer for Alioski. Gundogan and Foden. Gundogan obviously did very well. Foden didn't. Both of them were taken off after 51 minutes. And Snodgrass at West Brom was very, very close. He managed 58 a quick review of Gaming 20. How's it going for me? My free transfer was De Bruyne out, Gundogan in. So that is a good transfer and it was a very popular transfer. I'm on 57 points so far. I've got Robertson and Salah to play on Thursday night. So hopefully those two can get the better of Kane and Son because obviously I don't own any of those guys at the moment. So I need Liverpool to get the better of Kane and Son in that game. Rank-wise was 2.5k going into the game week currently on a green arrow to 1.6k so again all depends on how that Thursday night game goes on where I will end up at the end of the game week the good and the bad the good first of all Cancelo 17 what a player this guy is one of the best performances of the season watching him against West Brom if you don't have him I would probably prioritize getting him in I'm uh, going to talk about him later when it comes to captaincy. Never thought I'd be talking about a defender when it comes to captaincy, but Cancelo's making a very strong argument at the moment. Gundogan, 14-pointer, that was sweet. Two very nice goals. He is looking, not essential, but he's looking like a very good option now with you know such a nice price tag. Again, if you don't have him, I'd probably look to bring him in as well. Diaz got me another clean sheet, nice and steady. Watkins, nice goal, nice finish. Good to see him on the score sheet again. It's been a while. Mikel Antonio, five points. I'm calling it good, but it could have been so much better watching the highlights of that West Ham game. He could have had three or four goals easy. Plenty of big chances. So that bodes well for the future. I think Antonio is a very good option at the moment as well. The bad, obviously, Soucek stuck as my first sub. I mentioned, I think I mentioned on last week's podcast, my decision going into the game week, I had to start either Justin, Soucek or Kufal. And I ended up going with Justin. I said I was leaning towards the defenders because I fancied Leicester for a clean sheet. And we know Justin is very good going forward. So obviously that was a decision that didn't go to plan. Soucek was my first sub. So, I mean, if Salah or Robertson were to miss out, very unlikely. But, you know, we can always hope and pray that somehow Soucek will come off the bench. So that was frustrating. Melier, nothing in goal either. Justin, just one point. Bruno captaincy fail and Bamford also just a one pointer there. So overall, not not too bad. You know, if I'm sitting on a green arrow, I'm happy. Uh, I'm not going to complain too much about about side check and, st- and stuff like that. A quick watch list update. Uh, quite a few changes this week actually. Players removed. I've got rid of the two West Brom guys, Pereira and Robinson. I think I only added them last week uh, after the double game week. But watching West Brom against Manchester City. I've got absolutely zero interest in buying any of their players anytime soon. A couple of guys gone from the watch list as well because of injury. Jamie Vardy, Kyle Walker-Peters and Kieran Tierney. So not interested in those guys until I see them on the pitch again. Luke Shaw is gone as well because he was rotated for Tellez. So I don't want to be buying a player who can get benched from time to time. 
I've said it before, if I go for a Manchester United defender, it will be Harry Maguire. Good to see him on the score sheet, even if it was a disappointing result. Ross Barkley I've removed as well. Again, I only added him recently, but if I go for a Villa midfielder, it's going to be Jack Grealish. And if I buy Jack Grealish, I really can't see myself buying Barkley as well for the double up. So Barkley is not in my thoughts. And Pogba's gone as well. Just don't really trust him. You know, I added him kind of tentatively to the watch list with just slight interest more than anything else. Again, when it comes to FPL, just don't really trust Pogba. And I think there's loads of other good options around the same price. And I think there's even there's there's options that are better who are cheaper as well. So Pogba, no interest for me either. So which players have I added this week following Game Week 20? Luca Dean played on the left-hand side of midfield for Everton. If he stays there, you know, he could be in for quite a few assists and possibly a goal or two as well. He's six million. And what I like about Luca Dean is the fixtures coming up. Newcastle, Leeds and Fulham are three of the next four for Everton. So Luca Dean is... I'm probably not going to buy him, but I, I wouldn't stop anyone from doing so. Uh... What puts me off him is the is, is Pickford, really. You know, we've seen it again against Leicester. Made the mistake to give away the clean sheet. So when he's in goal, I'm, I'm never, you know, overly confident about buying an Everton defender, even if Luca Dean is really good going forward. So, you know, he's probably going to have to make up for that because there may not be too many clean sheets there. But again, fixtures are good, so, so maybe they will churn out a few. Kai Havertz at Chelsea. He's the only Chelsea player I've added to the watch list following Tuchel's first game in charge because he played 90 minutes. I think that's a good sign. Straight back in the team, 90 minutes. So Tuchel probably going to have faith in this guy. He's 8.2 million. He had three shots in the box against Wolves as well. So decent numbers in terms of of those. I probably should have added Ziyech to the watch list as well. He looked pretty decent in that game also. But I think I just read a very good article on The Athletic actually before I started recording on Tuchel about his tactics and rotation and everything else. Really recommend that if you're a subscriber. What 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 I took away from it is for FPL is Tuchel's going to be a bit of a nightmare. He could be a bit of a Pep Guardiola in terms of rotation. You know, he does rotate a lot at his previous clubs. We've seen it last night as well. Some... You know, decisions that surprised me, you know, the likes of Rhys James not playing, Timo Werner not getting any minutes, Hudson-Odoi playing as a wing-back. So it's going to be a bit of a tricky place to go, I think, FPL-wise. But someone like Havertz might be, you know, one of the safer routes in if he does get starts the majority of the time. He should get points, I think, in in a new system. So that's one. I'm not going to go and buy Havertz, and I don't think... Anybody really should, but he's one to keep an eye on in the next game or two to see if he shows signs of again becoming the prospect we thought he would be when he first signed. Yuri Telemans added to the watch list to go alongside Barnes and Madison, who are already there. Last four appearances, Telemans has two goals and two assists, and he's on penalties, we think, as well. So Telemans has to be in the conversation if you're thinking about buying a Leicester attacker. At 6.4, he's a little bit cheaper than Barnes or Madison. So if you really want to get a Leicester attacker and you're short of cash, I think Telemans at 6.4 is is absolutely fine. Two strikers added to the watch list. Calvert-Lewin, 7.6 million. He hasn't scored in his last six Premier League matches. But again, like I mentioned with Luca Dean, he's got very good fixtures coming up. So now could be a good time to get back on Calvert-Lewin. Uh, and Lacazette as well, 8.3. Five goals in the last six games for Lacazette. He's a player 
for the last couple of seasons he gets overlooked by FPL managers. I don't know why, we just find find it hard to trust this guy. But he's doing the business at the moment. Arsenal are playing well. There's not that many strikers that are hot at the moment. So Lacazette at 8.3, I think we'll pick up quite a few new owners over the next week or two as well. Particularly those who are getting impatient with Mr Bamford. Twitter questions now. Thanks as always to everyone who sent them in. First one is from Alex Ball. Who is your preference between Son and Kane? So last week I mentioned my plan this week was to either get rid of Anguissa or Soucek to get Son back in. So I've got 7.5 million in the bank this week for my transfer. So I have the option of either doing that, getting Son back, or I could get rid of Bamford and I could get Harry Kane. And I'm I'm quite torn on it, to be honest. I was looking at my transfers for the transfer section of the podcast, and I, I'll come to it in a while, but I've got four different routes I could go. Um, some, of them, some of them involve Son in, and some of them involve Kane in. Preferably, if I could, I would have both for the Brighton fixture, but that's not going to be possible for my squad. If I had to choose just one, let, let's say I was on a wild card this week and I, I was only able to choose one, which one would I go for? I think it's I think it's a really close call, this one. Uh, and I think it does come down to personal preference. Um, which which player do you prefer? You know, Which one are you going to back to, to, to do the best over the next couple of weeks? I like Son. There's a couple of, I think there's a lot of reasons to go Son. He's cheaper. He's the midfielder. So he gets the clean sheet point and he gets the extra point for the goal as well. Um, but then Kane has the penalties. And Kane, I don't know why, but Kane to me feels a little bit safer as a captaincy option. Um, I was looking at the captaincy options for this weekend and I'm thinking if I get Son or Kane, which one would I rather captain? I think it's Kane. Maybe it is the, the comfort of the penalties, but there's something there telling me that Kane feels safer as a captaincy pick than Son does, even though we, we know what Son can do. Um, I think the short answer is they're both excellent. There's not very much between them. And I guess it just really depends on how they fit into your structure at the moment. That will probably determine more than anything which one you can get. So yeah, if you can get both, great. Um, But again, you can happily pick either or and be happy with that choice because it's very, very hard to predict which of the two will score the most over, say, the next four to six game weeks. Uh, And it should really be pretty equal, I would imagine, between the two of them. Question from Johnny. What's the priority? Kane and Son double up or City defence double up? I think it's got to be the City defence double up. You know, they, they just don't look like ever conceding again at the moment. Absolutely superb defensively. Diaz and Stones, Marshall and everything never look under threat. They remind me of, of Liverpool last season when Van Dijk was doing what basically Diaz is doing this season. So they look completely in control of all games. So I think if you don't have double city defence, I would prioritise getting double city defence, if, if not triple up, if you fancy it. Uh, Kane and Son, of course, is desirable, but obviously it's a lot harder to get that because of financial reasons than it is to get two-man city defenders. So that's the way I would go. I would prioritise getting two city guys, especially when they've got they still got two very good fixtures coming up next. Question from Ashley Moss. Is it too late to put Gundogan into my team? I always get these kind of questions after somebody does really well. My answer is always the same. It's never too late to buy a very good FPL asset. Gundogan is really, really good value. Um, He showed us again what he can do. He's on penalties. 
it's just a no-brainer. It's you know, as far as no-brainers come, Gundogan is is as good as it gets. Uh, if you don't have him and you can get him easily, get him. Get him before Sheffield United and Burnley if you can. Uh, don't not get him because you think the points are gone. There's no reason why he can't continue to score goals over the next couple of weeks. So yeah, don't be stubborn if you've missed the points. Just jump on, join us on the bandwagon. Question from Matthias Amon. Leicester midfielders seem to have the combination of form and fixtures. Is Madison or Barnes the better option? Or Tielemans, who's probably on penalties? Or is out-of-position Perez worth a punt while Vardy is out? I had a look at the fixtures here after Matthias mentioned it. And Leicester's fixtures are quite nice for the long term, not just in the short term. So it seems like a good time to get on Leicester guys. As Matthias said here, they've got the form and they've got the fixture, so it seems like the perfect storm. Now, I think it's pretty hard to choose if you want to just get one of them. Barnes versus Madison, I think Tielemans is right in the mix now as well. I would rule Perez out because, just because he's a transfer out waiting to happen, once Vardy's back, and as far as I know, Vardy's not going to be out for that long. It seems to be a pretty minor thing he got done, and it should be a couple of weeks rather than, than months before he's back. So once Vardy is back, you, you know, you're locking in your, a transfer there, so that's one transfer to get Perez in, one transfer to get Perez out. That's two transfers that could be used a lot more efficiently elsewhere in your squad. So I'd focus on the other three, Barnes, Madison and Tielemans. Now, if I had no financial issues and I had to pick one, I think I'd lean towards Harvey Barnes. I just like him that little bit more. Uh, every time I watch him, he looks amazing this season. I just think he gets in the box more, You know, he gets more shots in the box. And I'm always looking for that when it comes to my FPL attackers. Madison has the set pieces as well. I think he put two into the wall, two free kicks into the wall last night. I don't think Leicester have scored from a corner yet this season either. So I'm sure that will change soon. Madison is playing pretty advanced as well himself when Ndidi and Tielemans are in the team. I know Ndidi went off injured, but that shouldn't affect Madison too much. And he has talked about trying to score more goals as well. But I mean, I think we read into those comments too much because isn't every player always trying to improve their game and get more goals so I would go Barnes um, I think in order of preference I would go Barnes number one I probably would put Madison number two and then Tielemans number three but there's very very little between all of them um, and I wouldn't you know if you, you can buy any of them and be confident that they're going to get you points over that nice run of fixture so it comes down to personal preference that one as well Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit DirecTV.com. 
Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Question from Albano Carvajal. Are you sticking to the plan of selling Soucek for Sun? I think the answer is no. Um, the plan was it was either Soucek or Anguissa, so it was never definitely Soucek out for, for Sun. If I continue with a plan to get Sun this week, it will be Anguissa because there's no reason for me to sell Soucek when I can just sell Anguissa instead. I just... You know, putting it simply, Soucek is 5.3 million. You know, a lot of people got him for cheaper than that. He just scored a brace. You know, if we've got a midfielder who's capable of scoring braces at 5.3 million, we should not be selling that player. Simple as. Whether you're going to start him every week or he's going to be on your bench sometimes, you know, he's, he's a perfect first sub if you don't want to start him every week. So that's my thinking. He's kind of, he saved himself with those two goals. I think that's seven for the season now. That's amazing. I mean, a 5 million player scoring 7 goals is phenomenal. So I don't think we should sell him now. Um, I think I'm going to keep him. And I'll probably bench him against Liverpool. You know, fool me once, fool me twice, or whatever that saying goes. But, you know, I don't see much from him against Liverpool. I'll probably have him as my, as my first sub. And then he's got a couple of nice nicer fixtures after that. So he'll probably come back into my starting 11 then. So I've done a complete U-turn. I was going a little bit cold on Soucek last week. He reminded me of what he can do, and now I'm back on board and have confidence in him. Question from Sagar. Is Kane Antonio Watkins the preferred front three for the rest of the season? My short answer here is yes. I think if I was building a wildcard squad this week, it would be Kane Antonio and Watkins up front. I've got 30 players on my watch list at the moment, and only four of them. strikers so that tells you there's not very many forwards I'm interested in I own Antonio he's going nowhere I own Watkins pretty happy to keep him as well especially with a couple of double game weeks to come Um, I would like to get Harry Kane I may buy Harry Kane this week the other four on my watch list or the four players that are on my watch list are Kane um, Kane, Calvert-Lewin Lacazette and Danny Ings so there's not many I'm interested in at the moment so yeah Kane, Antonio Watkins, to me, sounds pretty good. You know, you could argue maybe maybe Calvert-Lewin could go in there, uh, maybe over Watkins. Uh, Danny Ings, I always like Danny Ings, but the thing about Southampton is they've got a lot of injuries at the moment, so I'd rather them have a fully fit 11 um, before I invest in Danny Ings, but I still think he'll do well over the next few weeks as well. So yeah, Kane, Antonio Watkins sounds pretty good to me, and I could end up having those three myself by the time the deadline rolls around. Question from Ian Morris with Dean back. Is it time to reinvest in Everton for those that got off the train? Who would be the assets most likely to benefit? So yeah, I think it's good news for Everton that they've got Luca Dean back. He's probably the he could be the most important part of their starting eleven. You know, he offers so much creativity going forward. Uh, they lose a lot when he's not in the team, especially when you've got the likes of Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison to target with those crosses. It's good that James Rodriguez is back 
fit as well. Hopefully he can stay fit for longer than he did last time. So I mean, who's going to benefit from Luca Dean? It's got to be the strikers. It's got to be it's got to be Calvert Lewin and it's got to be Richarlison. So both of those I think are more interesting to me now. Hamez, uh, I'm, I'm reluctant to go back there because of all the injury issues. It's you know he's the kind of player you bring him in, he'll probably cry off again with another injury. So I'd much prefer go for Calvert Lewin. Um, or, or look at Dean Van Hames at the moment. I was having a look at Richarlison as well. I was just curious because he's been having a very quiet season. I look back on his previous two seasons. He scored 13 goals in each of the last two seasons. So that's at 26 goals. But this season he's only scored two. You know, really poor return. So I know it's been he's been in and out with injury and stuff like that. So surely he's going to go on a run at some point. So, you know, those of you who are looking for a differential, I always mention Richarlison when I mention differentials. If you fancy him over... Calvert-Lewin, you know, I'd probably go there. He's probably on penalties as well. I don't remember Everton having a penalty recently, but we know Richarlison has taken some of them in the past. So, yeah, he's he's one that, that shouldn't be ignored either. So, yeah, Dean back is great. I think, you know, I expect Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison to do well over these no- nice couple of fixtures coming up. Question from James Richardson. Is one active keeper enough to enable me to spend money elsewhere? At the moment, it does feel like it's okay to have just one keeper. I think the COVID issues seem to have calmed down now. Uh, I think the, the most recent tests among Premier League players and staff as well, the numbers are way, way down. I think, I think it was something like eight positives uh, in the most recent one. There's probably been a, a more recent one than, than when I read that. But it does seem like you know there's less players missing out now due to COVID. There's hasn't been a game postponed now for, for about two weeks. So... Having just one keeper, it feels like it's okay now. Um, obviously, you could get unlucky. Um, you could just go and get yourself a keeper who who had COVID, someone like Johnston or Melia. At least you know then they're not going to miss out for that reason. If I, you know, I, Martinez still feels good to me. I know he, I know he conceded three against Burnley, but I still feel like he's one of the better keepers this season, and he's going to have those double game weeks as well. So if I was only going to have one, it probably would be him at the moment, even after conceding those goals last night. So yeah, one keeper I think is fine. At the moment, FPL Pjanic asks what to do with Rhys James. Have patience and see if he works his way into Tuchel's plans, or is he too much of a rotation with risk with Aspilicueta? Going going on last night's game, it's not even Aspilicueta that's the issue. You know, Aspilicueta played as a as a third centre back, and Hudson Odoi was the one who played in the right wing back role where we would expect to see Rhys James. So. I think if you own Rhys James, I think he's a problem now. Even though he could come back in to the starting eleven for the next game, I think he'll see a lot of rotation. If he's willing to play Hudson-Odoi right wing back, Pulisic played right wing back for a while when he came on. Um, you know He's got options there, so I don't think James will be a nailed-on starter week in, week out for the rest of the season. So for that reason, I think you let him go. And you know, just just get a player who you know is going to play every week because you don't want to be sweating over the Chelsea team sheet. We do enough sweating over the the Man City one uh, these days. So, um, I, yeah, I would let him go if I owned him. I think after what happened last night. Uh, final question for this week is from Dan Parsons: Is it time to lose Bamford? This is the million dollar question this week. Really, I had about fifty five questions asking the same thing. Uh, last four games, he hasn't scored, and. The most worrying thing was the 59th minute substitution. 
I don't think he'll get dropped. I think Bielsa has been very loyal to Bamford and I would be very, very surprised if Bamford was on the bench at any point. There is always the option of him maybe playing Rodrigo up front and giving Bamford a rest, which which could do him good. You know, one game out and he comes back firing. Maybe that that's what could happen. Uh, looking at the fixtures as well for Leeds, they're not great. You know, I don't like the look of them that much for, for the attackers. So... I wasn't really planning on selling Bamford, but doing the notes for this podcast, it kind of got me thinking, you know, selling Bamford to get Kane, it does feel quite good. Uh, Kane gives me a captaincy option for this weekend as well, and obviously in other game weeks. So I may end up doing that. I may sell Bamford this week and get Harry Kane. It, it feels pretty good. Bamford's misfiring. He's getting taken off early. So it feels like a, it feels like the right time to do so. But we know we know it could backfire. You know, Leeds do score goals. Bamford could be back amongst them pretty quickly. But we can always get him back. You know, that's the beauty of FPL. Just because you sell a player, you don't have to go without them for the rest of the season. So I'm leaning more towards now, yes, it feels like a good time to let him go. Moving on to Gimme 21 captaincy. Now, I've thrown in a question here this week uh, because I thought it was very interesting. One from Ewan White. Are you contemplating changing your captaincy strategy given the recent blanks for Bruno, De Bruyne and Salah, and going with the informed players like Gundogan, Cancelo, Antonio, etc. So yeah, I think I think we've got no choice now but to be a little bit more open with our captaincy picks. You know, particularly people like myself who have focused on the big hitters up to this point of the season. You know, the guys mentioned there, your Brunos, your KDBs and your Salahs. I think we do need to be more open. You know, it, it is a crazy season. You know, if, I think if ever there was a season where we can be a bit more creative with our captaincy picks and have have faith in them is, you know, captaining someone like Cancelo or captaining someone like Antonio, you know, when they're in form and when they've got a decent fixture. I think it's absolutely fine. We probably do get blinded a little bit by player prices. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of this myself. You know, I always lean naturally towards captaining a 10 plus million player when they've got a good fixture. Whereas... You know, if I'm mentioning on, on last week's podcasts that we should view players like Gundogan as 10 million players rather than 5 million players, then why why am I not giving him serious consideration for the captaincy then? Yeah, and it's the same for Cancelo. If he's turning out 10 pointers, 15 pointers, you know, why not captain him? You know, it's, it's probably an age-old thing in us that if we've never captained defenders before, we're very fearful of doing so. We're afraid of change. Yeah, and it feels cosy and warm just to captain a big hitting forward or midfielder. But I'm definitely starting to to change my thinking as the weeks pass by. Uh, and I think this week is a good example because captaincy is quite open this week. Uh, I think we'll see a lot of people captain Cancelo. I think people will captain Gundogan and, and players like Antonio as well will be, will be captain. So yeah, am I contemplating changing my strategy? Yes, I am. Number one, KDB's gone. So there's one option gone. Um, Salah and Liverpool haven't been doing much uh, and Manchester United that was a really disappointing result um, against Sheffield United so that is you know slightly worrying, worrying for Bruno Fernandes his captaincy you know um, potential as well so yeah you, you'll probably will see me be a little bit braver with my captaincy picks between now and the end of the season probably not very often but there will be weeks where I think I will see an opportunity maybe to captain a player that's six or seven million rather than one of the big hitters I put a poll up this morning for captaincy I put four options Twitter's annoying it only gives you four options for a poll and I didn't want to start listing players because I think there's quite a lot of players this week so I want to get some kind of an idea of captaincy I just put up Man City player 
Tottenham player, Liverpool player and other, just to get an idea of where people are going to go. 48% went with a Manchester City player against Sheffield United at home. Uh, 34% went for a Tottenham player away to Brighton. 11% went for a Liverpool player away to West Ham. And now I'm sure that percentage would have been higher if I did this poll on Friday or Saturday after Liverpool play the Thursday night fixture because let's say Salah does well in that one. Obviously, he'll be more captain for the weekend. And other got 7%. I'm leaning towards captaining a player that I don't own yet. So whichever Spurs player I bring in, whether it be Son or Kane, I think I will captain that player against Brighton. I like that fixture for Kane and Son. We know they're just having a really good season. So that feels pretty good to me for captaincy this week. I do like Manchester City for captaincy as well. Uh, Gundogan I like. You know, if you've got Sterling, I like that as well. And yes, captain and defender against Sheffield United. You know, if if they're going to keep keeping clean sheets, surely they're going to keep one against Sheffield United. There you go. You're starting off on 12 points right away for the captain. You know, if you go for Cancelo, one assist, one goal, very, very possible the way he's playing and the position he's playing. Cancelo could get an absolutely massive haul as a captain, you know, like he would have done last week. Um, rotation does scare me a little bit with Cancelo and Pep Guardiola, so that's why I'm not going to do it. I'm happy enough to just own the guy rather than take the risk with the captaincy. But I wouldn't stop anyone from doing it because, like I said, he could do very well. But for me, yeah, I think it'll be Kane or Son, whichever one I bring in this week. What are the other captaincy options? Calvert-Lewin at home to Newcastle or if you own Richarlison, I like that. Great fixture. I expect Everton to get a couple of goals in that one. Bruno is away to Arsenal. Don't like it because Arsenal are playing well and that was a very worrying performance from Manchester United. Grealish is away to Southampton. I quite like that one for for Grealish captain as well. Uh, Chelsea at home to Burnley but we just don't know who Tuchel's going to have in the starting eleven, so we can't go there for captaincy it's too risky uh, Leicester play Leeds at home good fixture for captaincy there as well for the likes of Barnes Madison if you have them um, yeah you know it's it's been a pretty sound strategy this season just captain a player against Leeds because usually they concede a couple of goals in every game so yeah that's that's a differential option there as well so lots of captaincy options this week uh, but for me it'll be a Spurs player game week 21 transfers I noted down four potential routes I can go um the first one is Anguissa to Son and keep Soucek. I think all of these options are keeping Soucek now anyway. So that's Anguissa to Son, nice and easy, Captain Son. The other option, Bamford to Kane, Captain Kane. Option three, the next two options now are would be a minus four. So I could go Anguissa and Bamford out, get Son and Calvert-Lewin in. Just improves my squad overall, I feel. Uh, and, and the final option would be Anguissa and Bamford out for... Kane and Harvey Barnes for a minus four. I wouldn't be able to afford Madison in that one, so I'd have to sell for Barnes, who has my preference anyway. So Suchek will stay regardless. I'm probably leaning towards... I think I'm leaning towards Bamford to Kane and Kane captain. Uh, it means no son, but I don't mind. As long as I have one of the Spurs guys, I don't really mind too much which one it is. That allows me to keep Suchek, bench him this week, and then bring him into the starting eleven for the next couple of games, and hopefully he can get a few more goals. So... I'll think about that one, but I am slightly leaning towards Harry Kane in for Patrick Bamford. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review if you found it useful and enjoyed it and give it a retweet on Twitter. 
If you'd like to hear more podcasts from me before the deadline, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. Good luck to you all for Game Week 21 and have a smashing weekend. I'll be back with another episode on Monday to preview Game Week 22. The Athletic. <laughs>